0: my wife in college we had always had mutual friends so we knew each other and would say hi but we really didn't talk much our paths really didn't cross that often but when we they did we would always say hi and to be honest I always thought she was pretty hot we ended up having a couple classes together and immediately hit it off she was and still is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen I absolutely love being with her and the best part is she laughs at all my jokes and most of them are terrible Now, my wife, when we got married, was very citified, if you know what I mean. She was from a very swank Columbus, Ohio suburb, and there was no shortage of shopping, restaurants, and general high life there. That's what she was used to. Then we got married, and we moved to the middle of nowhere. The closest mall, haha, remember malls, was about 25 miles away, and it was terrible. The closest good mall was an hour away, which was so foreign to her, and honestly, to me as well. Fast forward 20 years, and my wife has not only acclimated to rural living, she actually prefers it. I spent a lot of my spring helping her prepare the garden that she wants to make so she can spend hours working in it. She's gone so far now that her dream is to own a bunch of land so we can run a self-sustaining farm. Now, this has been pretty cool for me because I kind of grew up in a more urban environment as well, suburban, I guess. But I've always had a real soft spot in my heart for rural living and living that country life. So I've loved that. And we've grown a ton together as we've discovered these things about ourselves. In the midst of that, as my wife has planted gardens and tried to do little gardens, no matter where we lived, I've learned a lot about gardening. One of the things that I've learned is that there are a lot of different kind of bugs Now, when you decide that you want an organic garden free of chemicals, you're going to have to deal with bugs, and it turns out there are a lot of bugs everywhere, but in particular Middle Tennessee, where we now live. We discovered a new bug last season that I didn't even know existed. Now, that's not really saying much. It's not like I'm a huge studier of bugs or something. But still, we planted pumpkins for the first time along our fence. They started to grow really quickly. They started expanding and growing along the fence, but away from the fence as well. We ended up having to create a perimeter around the pumpkins so my son wouldn't accidentally mow over them because they were encroaching into the yard so much. The vines of the pumpkins began to grow up the fence and out from the fence, and we had our first glimpse of pumpkins starting to show. They were obviously very small at first, but they began to grow a little bit bigger every day. They grew for a month or two and got up to even about 10 inches or so in diameter, They were starting to look really great. Then one day we went outside and we noticed they had stopped growing. And not only had they stopped growing, but they started to look worse. So we watered them and made sure they had the nutrients they needed, but they kept looking worse. Finally, out of desperation, my wife harvested the pumpkins before they totally died off. When we opened them up, they looked pretty good on the outside, but they were completely rotten on the inside. We were really confused and my wife was really sad. She had put a lot into these pumpkins, and we had very little, really nothing to show for it. So, we started researching what it could have been that caused this decay. It turns out that in pumpkins, there's a certain kind of bug that lives in the root of the vine and eats its way through the vine like a tunnel, eventually getting to the fruit. It's impossible to see, and the only way you know if you have them is when it's too late. And that's what happened to us. We had those bugs. They started in the root, and they moved all the way up into the vine, and they killed our pumpkins. Now, if you're a follower of Christ that has read the Bible or gone to church ever, you can probably see where this is going. There are obviously many spiritual parallels with this story. Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. We often talk about having deep roots. Paul talks about being rooted and established in love. Jesus talks about the soil that we are planted in. There are so many stories on and on that Jesus and throughout Scripture talks about. When I look at my life, I can honestly say there have been seasons where I produced great fruit. My marriage was great. My heart was pure. My thinking was aligned with God's. My relationships with my kids were really strong. I was growing in my faith, on and on. But if I'm being honest, there's also been seasons of my life that were really fruitless. It wasn't that I was doing the wrong things all the time, but I was like a fig tree that Jesus cursed to die because it had leaves but no fruit. I've been there too. And if I'm really, really honest, I've also had the unfortunate experience of producing rotten, nasty fruit, fruit that I regret and I wish I'd never produced. When I look back on all of those seasons, you can contribute all of the fruitfulness, whether good or bad, to the root. What was happening to the roots? If we answer that question, we'll be able to discern the fruit. The diagnosis of the root is pretty simple if we're being honest. It really starts with the soil we're planted in. So for purposes of this analogy, the soil would be our influences. Are we spending our free time with people who have the same values as us? People that desire to be more Christ-like and godly? I can say that seasons of my life that have been most fruitful have been full of people like that by my side. The soil could also be the media we consume. If anyone is listening to this and still believes anything you hear on the news, please stop. I don't care what channel it is. I don't care if the bent is conservative or liberal. It's all designed to monger fear and to keep you coming back for more. Fear is a drug, and they're your drug dealer. Turn it off. Unfortunately, that influence isn't just news, but plenty of other sources of evil as well. There are plenty of things to fill our minds with that have little or nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And the further we get away from the kingdom of God, the more in question our identity becomes. So if you're producing bad fruit, how are your friends? What are your influences? What do you fill your mind and thinking with? When you think about the root in the soil, you think about how the root dwells in the soil. What are you dwelling on? What are you thinking about? What are you bitter about? What is keeping you from forgiving, from moving on? What is keeping the soil around you nasty while God is calling you to pure soil to dwell in? So if we have our roots in the soil, what else do we need? Well, we need water. Forgive the cheesiness here, but you don't just need water. You need living water. How's your heart? How are you communing with Jesus? Are you in his presence regularly? Are you developing a lifestyle of prayer without ceasing? Is he where you turn for your fulfillment, spiritual nutrients, and satisfaction, or are we settling for less? Probably like you, I've seen the glory of God unfold before my eyes. I've seen miracles, salvations, restoration, and other things that I can't even describe, and I prayed constantly to see those things in my life and more of them every day. Yet, I'm always amazed at how easily I can forget all of those things and seek outside of the Lord for comfort and help. It's so easy to do. I remember the old hymn, come now, fount of every blessing. Has the line, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Man, this is so true. It's so easy to leave church on Sunday and be full of the Holy Spirit and feeling good. And before you get home, you're cussing somebody out who cut you off on, on the highway. It's easy to be wayward. And that's why we need the living water constantly in our lives. The stream of living water. It doesn't stagnate. It doesn't get old. It doesn't fill us with anything other than exactly what we need. We need more of Jesus. So if we're rooted in good soil, we have the living water. We also need sun. We need sunshine. Now, I just talked about Jesus, so for I'm not going to go the S-O-N route here. I'm going to stick with S-U-N. Because without sunlight, nothing good thrives. There's nothing that grows in darkness that is good. Everything we need to grow in grows in the sun. Well, again, the obvious preacher pal- parallel is the S-O-N versus the S-U-N, I've actually found in my life that the more time I'm outside, the better my roots are established in him, in the actual S-U-N son. I had a guy who reported to me for a while named John. It's not his real name, but I really don't want to use it. He's incredibly smart and talented, but he really struggled with depression and anxiety. It was a pretty regular thing that he would call in because he couldn't get out of bed that day because of how depressed he was. One day he came in and we had a heart to heart. He opened up about a lot that he was dealing with and we even got to pray together. It was a really great moment. One of the things we talked about was how isolation and staying stuck was one of the worst choices you could make when you're feeling that way. Even to the point where I told him that the next time he asked if he could have the day off to stay in bed. I would tell him no, because I care for him that much, and I know he needs to get out of bed and get with people who care about him. We talked a few times after that, and he got into counseling and got into some good rehab and is doing really great now, praise God. I asked him what were some of the practical things he did to get healthy, and he talked a lot about getting into the sun more, daily walks with his dog, and exercising. God created the world the way he did for a reason, and all of it factors into our identities and who we are in the kingdom of God. And sunshine and being out in nature is one of the things that God has provided for us as a gift and a blessing. I turned 40 recently, as you know, and I wanted to spend my 40th birthday hiking through the woods, hiking through the wilderness, because I had been in a really, really busy season at work, and I'd been inside way more than I wanted to. My birthday's in July, so it's summertime weather, and yeah, it's hot in Tennessee, of course, but um, I just love being outside, even if it is hot. And so on my 40th birthday, I I did a 12-mile hike through the woods by myself, and it was one of the most energizing and recharging things I could have done. Um, I had been in a lot of really intense, long days at work. And it would have been really easy for me just to sleep in and lay in bed the day I finally had off. But instead I went through the woods and it was one of the best choices I could have made. And it gave me energy, even though I was worn out from the hike, man, it gave me energy in my soul and gave me energy in my thinking that I haven't had in a very long time. God provides all of these things for us. He provides us with with His Word, He provides us with good influences to help our roots grow deep. He provides us with his, the, his Son through the Holy Spirit all the time, presence in our lives, speaking into us, encouraging us, wanting us to dwell in Him so we're not dwelling in other things. And He provides the Son, the nature, all of these things around us to inspire our spirits and, and to get us out of thinking about only ourselves, to turn off the TV, to turn off YouTube, to turn off podcasts after this one is over. And to get out into nature and enjoy it. So, how are your roots today? Like we talked about uh, in, the, in the previous podcast, if you don't like the fruit, you got to look at the root. If you don't like where you're at right now, the vicious cycle of of, well, I'm doing everything right, but I'm not getting what I want. Well, then you're not doing everything right. There's things you can do differently. There's things you can change. How are you changing? How is your heart today? Lord, thank you. Again, for your faithfulness, thank you for how good you are to us and, and the awesome gifts you give us. And I thank you for those listening today, wherever they are. I pray again, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just interrupt their day with your goodness, with your grace. Draw them unto yourself. Help them, Lord, to lean hard into you, trust you with their lives, and bless you in all things, we pray. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast I pray it really does bless your life and help you with wherever you are and make a big impact uh, for your heart and your desire to impact the kingdom of God through your identity in Christ. Have a great day.